forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Hello there, and welcome back to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews, with your two hosts, some say possibly the worst podcasters you ever heard of, but you have heard of us, it's Bread Rolling JT. Surely the best podcasters you've ever heard of, isn't that the line? <laughs> when, uh, yeah, so um, if we're back again, two weeks in a row, bloody hell, let's make a habit of this one, Bread Roll. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it was your, your choice again, but I'll let you off this one because it was a bit of a special anniversary edition, uh, so what are we actually looking at? It was, yeah. Um, it suddenly dawned on me that this was coming up. I thought it was actually later in the year than it actually was, but lo and behold, here we are. We are looking at Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, which uh, was directed by Gore Verbinski. It stars Johnny Depp, Jeffrey Rush, Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley. It came out on July 9th, 2003, so 20 years to the day of which we're actually recording right now, but it did have its actual premiere at Disneyland on June the 28th, apparently. It runs for 143 minutes, had a budget of 140 million, and it came out of a box office of 654.3 million. So it did really well for itself. It sure did. Um, I'm sure when they were, they were doing this, they knew it was going to do really well. But I mean, massive, massive return, wasn't it? I think I think I said last week when you announced this one, that I, I think I went to the cinema to see this. I definitely went to see one or two of them. I think this was, this was one of them. Um, I'm watching this again earlier. I hadn't seen it for years, but... I remember the surprising amount of it, more than I remembered of the full Monty last week. Anyway, shameless plug there. Um, my always shameless plug for the full Monty we did last week. Wow, oh, fair play. I didn't actually see this one in the cinema. I kind of just, I knew it was coming out and I love Pirates. Um, it's just one of those classic childhood tropes that I enjoy. But for some reason, this one kind of went past me on the um, on the cinema front. And I actually bought the DVD from MVC back in the day when that was a place, um, back with a card as well. So I got like two quid off. Um, that's the first time I saw it. It's funny you say there about them expecting it to make money. It's actually the opposite. They had no faith in this movie whatsoever. Like they thought it was going to fail because the pirate genre was just dead in the water, literally. Um, they had, you know, the pirate movies just hadn't made money. I think the one, the last time there was a mainstream pirate movie, I think it was Cutthroat Island, which came out about 10 years prior. And it was a massive dud. And after that, no one had made any pirate movies. It was a dead genre. It was based off of a theme park ride. Um, and they didn't even have any faith in much of the cast either. Like Johnny Depp is famous as he's become from this character. I mean, he's always big anyway, but this is the movie that made him an A-lister. Um, the part was actually written for um, Hugh Jackman, but he wasn't well known enough at the time. So they went for other people. Johnny Depp came along and obviously got the role. But yeah, Disney and the studio had no faith in this movie whatsoever. But it came along and just obviously made loads of money and was really popular. Wow, that's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, the cast is pretty big. Obviously, 20 years ago, Johnny Depp... He was still fairly big, wasn't he? Kira Knightley was probably, I mean, she'd been in a few things, Jeffrey Rush, etc., Orlando Bloom. They were certainly not like unknowns, were they? And it's not, not like they put a couple of quid into this. 140 million is not a small budget to put into it in the first place, is it? No, it's not. And this is obviously going back 20 years. I mean, a lot of this is kind of practical effects for the most part. I mean, there is some CGI. This is around the time that CGI started to become a thing. And I remember Sky Movies used to do their kind of like documentaries on or like little previews of big movies that were coming out and the whole CGI for like the kind of zombie pirate that obviously we see in this one, that was really big at the time. And I obviously would go through with the um, synopsis, but I think parts of it still look good today. But on the other side of that, like a lot of the sets, the ships and everything, they're all kind of actual sets and props that are really made. So it's kind of before the movie went CGI mad, really. 
Yeah, I mean, watching this again earlier on Disney Plus, I thought it aged fairly well, to be honest. Um, didn't look ropey at all. Is this? I mean, is this the first Johnny Depp film we've done? Obviously, we did Platoon, another shameless plug for an old one we did, and he's very, very briefly in that. But have we done a Johnny Depp film? I don't think we have, have we? I don't think we have, which is strange because I know you are as well, but I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp. And as I say, this is a movie that kind of put him on the Hollywood A-list. But before that, he'd had a massive career and he was known for his kind of his character portrayals, wasn't he? Like, you know, look at things like Edward Scissorhands and bits and pieces. Like, he was really well known. Orlando Bloom had obviously done um, Lord of the Rings and he was like an up-and-comer. Kieran Knightley had been in Star Wars and a few other bits and pieces. Like I say, the cast was there, but he was a big name. And for, considering how much, like, well... I really like him, and I know you're a pretty big fan as well. I would have thought we'd have done more of his movies before now, but we still haven't done a Stallone movie either, so there you go. No, we haven't. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, Kira Knightley, we haven't done a film of her in it. I mean, a lot of the films she does are more period dramas, which, as good as they are, probably not in our wheelhouse, certainly not to review. But I don't think we've done a film with, with her either. I mean, I used to have quite a big thing with Kira Knightley. I mean, she's a lovely-looking lady. Um, I used to... Yeah, watch films that I probably wouldn't have normally watched just because she was in them, but there we go. <laughs> That's going back a few years now. Well, there we go. And yeah, I'm not, I'm quite fond of a period drama, but like you say, they're not really the sorts you can sit here and um kind of do much of a review for, is it? It's like, oh, they sat around in the garden and drank tea for two hours and spoke <laughs> shit. So not really going to be the most riveting review, is it? <laughs> be a nice quick one, I suppose, if we've got a five-minute spare that, you know, we can't fit in a two-hour film. Yeah, exactly. Came in with a fucking wig on dressed up like a fucking dandy and there we go that'll be it maybe we should do one it'd be a chuckle <laughs> yeah maybe one day <laughs> speaking of wigs her dad in this wears some fucking crazy wigs doesn't he but we'll get to that was a go for the old synopsis old governor swan he wears a big fucking like like a barrister type wig after movie oh he's got a great wig hasn't he yeah there are some uh, some good outfits in this one yeah. So enough about hairstyles. Let's have a look at the old synopsis then. As always, this is coming from Wikipedia and it goes a little something like this. So in 1720, while sailing to Port Royal, Jamaica, aboard HMS Dauntless, Governor Weatherby Swan's crew encounter a shipwreck and recover a boy, Will Turner. Swan's daughter, Elizabeth, discovers a golden pirate medallion around Will's neck and takes it. Eight years later, Captain James Norrington is promoted to Commodore and proposes to Elizabeth. Of course, it makes her faint and fall into the sea, causing the medallion to emit a pulse. Captain Jack Sparrow, having just arrived in Port Royal to commandeer a ship, rescues Elizabeth. Norrington identifies Jack as a pirate and a chase ensues. Jack encounters Will, who is now a blacksmith. They have a duel and Jack is imprisoned. So there we go. That nicely kind of encompasses the start of this movie. What's your thoughts going back to it after all that time? Yeah, this is, I mean, I say I remembered a lot of the film. I couldn't remember how it started. Um, I mean, it opens, obviously, as it says there, with Elizabeth singing on the, the very responsible parents. I mean, I know this is going back to 1720, but they've left a fucking girl just on her own on the front of a boat singing away. And then, obviously, she finds the, um, the well, she sees the raft with old Will on it and gets the, the medallion. And they're like, oh, we're going to put um, Elizabeth in charge of you. So uh, more responsible uh, parenting in 1720. Let's just put a girl in charge of this boy we just found on a raft. Don't know who he is, you know, but that's all right. You can you can take care of him. And then in the synopsis there, it says eight years later. It must be more than that. Because she's quite young in that opening scene. And she looks a lot older than, I don't know, you know, than eight years. When we see her again, when she's fully grown up and she wakes up after sort of having that dream. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just one of those like Hollywood actor things, but I swear 
Johnny Depp said in an interview once, like in the second movie, there's a scene where Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth, they kiss. And he says he felt really uncomfortable because he met her when she was 17. So I'm guessing that's around the age that Elizabeth and Will are supposed to be. Although, well, I know Bloom looks like he's like in his late 20s in this movie. Maybe he was. But yeah, I'm guessing obviously it's just a Hollywood thing. But eight years does seem like a very small gap of time considering how much they actually age. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Kira Knightley was born in 85. So a good year. In what... Oh, yeah, yeah. Your, your year, isn't it? Kirsty's year as well. So a good year for, for people. So, yeah, she was born in 85. Johnny Depp's obviously uh, a fair bit older than that. He's, what, in his 50s now? Yeah, he must be pushing that. Well, well beyond that, I mean, you're going towards 60 now, I'd imagine. I'm going to have a look. Live on air. He is, he is 60. In fact, June the 9th, he was 60. So about a month ago. So happy birthday oh. for a month ago, Mr. Depp. <laughs> hey, good old Johnny. Um, yeah, the, in- the intro is pretty good. I mean, it kind of sets the sort of tone, doesn't it, quite nicely. We meet a lot of the characters quite up front. Governor Swan, obviously the young Elizabeth and young Will, but we see them growing up shortly thereafter. We also get old uh, Mr. Gibbs, don't we, who at this point is uh, working for the Royal Navy, but we find out a bit later on he's turned pirate. And um, I always thought, like, obviously, there's a shipwreck and everything, and they're, like, going, oh, you know, it could have just been an accident. He's like, oh, well, he's got to be pirates. Everything he says has always got to be fucking pirates. But then he ends up becoming a pirate, so he's obviously clearly obsessed. But bloody Elizabeth, she sees, like, the um, the Black Pearl, as we come to know it later on, like, sailing off through the smoke. And I'm thinking, all these fucking crew hands and deck hands running around and everything, they'd be on high alert so there's a smoking ship. How does no one else spot it? It's fucking massive. It's a big fucking ship, for Christ's sake, and no one spots it but her. <laughs> I've got exactly the same thing. That's pretty much my next note. How does nobody not notice it? It's not exactly inconspicuous, is it? And you say old uh, Gibbs has got a thing about pirates. I mean, straight away, Elizabeth's got a bit of a wide on for pirates, isn't she? She obviously finds out medallion. She keeps going on about them. So um, everyone loves pirates in this film, which is quite handy, considering it's about pirates. Yeah, I mean, this is back when Disney actually, you know, made quality stuff. I mean, they made the odd good thing these days, but obviously they're pretty shit these days compared but um but it's obviously gone down the cheesy romanticized route down this with all the yaha and all that sort of stuff like they always managed to make these pirates who were quite sort of cutthroat quite sort of brutal characters and stuff yet for this movie they managed to make you fall in love with them basically and you're like yeah i want to be a pirate and it's like yeah, i'm pretty sure the life wasn't as cool as this but everyone seems to be fascinated by them in this movie yeah they certainly do glamorize them don't they and then when old um, will comes to to visit um because it's old norrington's thingy he's being made the commodore he tries to steal that candlestick doesn't he then they come downstairs it's quite funny he sort of i don't know where he's supposed to be trying to put it but then he quickly puts it back and then elizabeth says oh, i had a dream about you last night and i'm like fuck me if kira knightley told me she had a dream about me i'd be quite excited yeah right i mean it's not just a candlestick he needs to hide if she said something like that is it? He's like, <laughs> i love the fact that her old man's there it's like so her elizabeth was that quite appropriate then just yeah. before that, um, he's come into her bedroom and got her into this corset, which obviously leads on to a little bit later. And I always thought that was quite funny because he's like, oh, I'm told they're all the rage in London. And she's like, well, women in London must have learned not to breathe. And there's like these three women, like, probably like, fucking tying her into this thing. And she's like gasping for air. He's not really enjoying it at all. And obviously, as the synopsis is there, she doesn't enjoy it at all when she gets to the older commodores thing. But we meet Jack Sparrow as well, and he's he's there, and straight away he's got that swagger and that charm, and he blags those two fucking stupid guards. I mean, they're always stupid in these films, aren't they? He goes on about the Black Pearl and everything, and while they're discussing that, he just sneaks off behind them, and they, they do finally notice him, but I don't know, they're always bloody stupid in these films. We've talked about them so many times in different 
sort of settings and guises, no matter if it's in the 1720s, the 1920s, the 2020s, they're all fucking stupid. They're thick as shit, aren't they? But i I got to say, I love the intro to Jack Sparrow in this because it's shot so well. It looks like he's on top of like the crow's nest of some big grand ship and he's like sailing into port. The music kicks up, that obviously famous music that we get to know and love. He salutes the hung pirates at the rocks. Then it cuts to the wide shot and he's on his little fucking dinghy that's just sinking and it just stops right by the fucking, like the pier or whatever and he steps off really like perfect timing. But I just think that's such a brilliant intro to him. Yeah, and then straight away, isn't it, the old uh, the guy's like, that's uh, a shilling to dock your ship. And he's like, oh, okay, how, and I need your name. And he's like, oh, okay, how about three shillings and uh, we'll forget the name. And he's like, oh, okay, hello, Mr. Smith. So straight away, he's like on the blag, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So then he walks off and steals the guy's purse anyway. So he gives him three yeah. shillings and robs the rest. <laughs> but he is good. And um, he took, as you probably know, but um, he took his cues from uh, Keith Richards, isn't it? From the Rolling Stones. That's where he yeah. got most of his uh, kind of ideas from for Jack Sparrow. And the reason he walks so wonky is because he always, I actually like thought that Johnny Depp put into this character because he took a lot of ideas from like Keith Richards and he was like, pirates are kind of like the rock stars of the ocean. But the reason he walks with that weird swagger is he's like, this guy has spent his life on ships. And obviously he moves with the movement of the waves. When he's on a ship, he's comfortable. But when he's on land, he doesn't know how to coordinate himself because it's still, that's why he walks the way he does. I thought, you know, that's actually some pretty good thought to put into your character creation there. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's really clever, isn't it? Keith Richards is in one of the films, isn't he? Or did I get that wrong? He's in a couple of them, yeah. He plays Jack's dad in the third and I think the fourth one as well. I know he's he's definitely in the third one, but I think he does appear a couple more times along the way. But yeah, he certainly does turn up. Yeah, I thought we did. And they mentioned him there. I, I think the third is probably the last one I've seen. I don't there's five, isn't there? I, don't, I definitely haven't seen the last one. I'm not sure I've seen the fourth one. Yeah, I mean the fourth and fifth one I'm not a big fan of. I think the fifth one particularly is pretty terrible. And the third one was a stretch because it went on for about three hours and Movies like this don't need to be long movies, but um, yeah, I think it works better as a trilogy. It kind of goes downhill drastically after that, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to rush to watch the other ones, I have to say. It's quite funny, though, when old Norrington goes to propose to Elizabeth, and as she's sort of like getting her head together, she just falls over backwards into the fucking the sea. And then old, um, obviously, Jack rescues there, as the synopsis says. I mean, obviously, they've got to do it for running time, but she hits the bottom pretty quick, and he brings her to the surface pretty quick. It all happens in a flash, doesn't it? It does, considering she falls off a cliff and he's doc- he's on the ship talking to um, the two dipshits and everything. And he has to swim like a good distance to get her and then bring her back to the ship. So like you say, it happens all pretty quickly. But again, it's brilliant comedic timing here because he's like trying to propose to her and she's like, I can't breathe. And he turns around and goes, yes, I'm a bit speechless myself. <laughs> he turns back and then she just collapses off the cliff. That's just fucking this proper little like chuckle moment, I think. Yeah, there are some good sort of subtle one-liners in this and some funny moments, obviously, Jack Sparrow has most of them, but some of the other cast have some some quite good little quips as well. That sort of they're kind of in the background almost, but it's very well done. And then old um, obviously Elizabeth's father wants Jack's dead, uh, Jack dead, sorry. But she's like, we well, you can't really kill the person who rescued me. And then that's when old Commodore Matey Boy Norrington recognizes the tattoos. And he's like, he, he knows him straight away, doesn't he, from his tattoos? Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, well, it's Jack Sparrow, isn't it? Like, the worst pirate I've ever heard of and all that stuff. And he's like, ah, but you have heard of me and all this sort of stuff. But again, another sort of sly line here is when he brings um, Elizabeth up, they're like, oh, she's not breathing. And he cuts her corset off and she starts breathing. He's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that. He's like, oh, clearly you've never been to Singapore. And I thought that was quite a good one as well. <laughs> yeah, another like cheeky little line there, isn't it? And then when he sort of makes his escape, he's swinging around on that mast after he's sort of got Elizabeth and then sort of 
pushes her back into the crowd and then off he goes. Like they're all taking pot shots at him and I know he's a moving target and those things probably weren't particularly amazing to aim, but no one manages to hit him, do they? Nah, fucking stormtroopers, aren't they? And then obviously he chases <laughs> right way through the fucking town and bumps into um well, he goes into the blacksmith, don't he? he hasn't met Will yet. And there's like this fucking piss head guy, the blacksmith, who's like fast as <laughs> and he's like tapping him and he's like, Will and he doesn't really wake him up. And there's another subtle bit here as well, isn't he? Because he needs to break the chain. So he sticks the donkey in the arse with the little brazer thing, which is a bit yeah. harsh. But he had to kind of break his chains. And later on, he pulls out like a burning sword and the donkey reacts to it, which I thought, again, another subtle little background bit of comedy, which is quite well done. Yeah, he's quite good, man. That poor donkey, though. But um, yeah, and then obviously Will comes in. The pisshead guys just led those, oh, exactly where I left you. And then he, he sees the, um, I can't remember what it is now. It's one of the tools in it. He's like, but that's not where I left you. And then old Jack pops out. They have a bit of a sword fight. It's a bit cheesy and corny, but it works really well. There's a few sort of cheesy lines between the two of them as they're fighting, but it's quite a good scene. Yeah, it is good. And we get the sort of hint here because Jack's like, oh, you look familiar. Have I threatened you before? And obviously we turn out Will was a bit more of an important character down the line. But yeah, this fight is fun. And it's that classic kind of adventure movie one because the physics just seem to go out the window, don't they? they got that fucking... I don't know what it's supposed to be, like a cart or something. And mm. Will jumps on it and then fucking Jack Sparrow gets shot up into the fucking rafters or something like fucking <laughs> some kind of like Super Mario movie. That's just ridiculous. It's like a seesaw, isn't it? And then obviously Jack goes up into the rafters, like you say. And then just as they're sort of coming to the end of their fight, the old pisshead wakes up and clocks Jack over there with a bottle, doesn't he? And then the Commodore comes in and nicks him. Yeah, he does. So that night, the crew of the Black Pearl attack Port Royal. Searching for the medallion, the pirates capture Elizabeth, taking her to meet Captain Barbosa. Elizabeth claims her last name is Turner to conceal her identity as the governor's daughter. Barbosa explains that medallion uh, is the last of 882 gold pieces his crew took from the lost treasure of Cortez on Isla de Muerta. Cortez has escaped, um, has accepted the treasure as payment to prevent the fall of something or other, I can't read it, but did not fulfill his part of the bargain. <laughs> the Aztec gods cursed the treasure. Barbosa and any members of his crew who took the coins were cursed to become undead, who can only feel endless hunger and pain, whose true skeletal forms are revealed by moonlight. To lift the curse, they must return the treasure, each coin sustained with either the taker's blood or the blood of the taker's direct relative. Assuming Elizabeth is the daughter of Bill Turner, uh, who Barbosa, sorry, my screen just went off, who tried to drown after discovering he sent the medallion to his child. Barbosa decides to use her blood on the medallion. So that covers a lot of the plot that we don't actually find out till a little bit later on, but suffice it to say, they attack Court Royale and, um, yeah, Elizabeth gets kidnapped. He does indeed. Yeah, I mean, well done for reading that there. I can't even see all that te- techno ticket. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know what that word is. There's a little bit before that as well, um, just before they attack, where you've got Elizabeth's maid there and she's talking about how the commander, Norrington, would be the perfect match for her. And then she's like, but also Will, that Will Turner, he'd be the perfect match as well. So it's kind of like sort of showing there that cause she sort of like goes, oh, that, that, she says, oh, that's not appropriate, doesn't she, when she says Will would be the perfect match for you. So you can tell yeah. she's got a bit of a thing for him, but she's just like, you know, he's obviously not. The, the royalty that old Commodore mate is or, you know, the, the big chief man, then it would be sort of marrying beneath herself, I guess. Yeah, I mean, hierarchy was a big thing back in the day, wasn't yeah. it? And obviously marriages had to be done like to proper suitors and everything. So, I mean, obviously we, we 
pri- no prizes for guessing what happens at the end. I'm sure everyone knows and everything, but it's a typical kind of like Disney spill. But yeah, we get that sort of hint that she does actually genuinely like Will. And then I know it's like one of those things back in the day, but fuck me, health and safety just did not exist in these days. This fucking maid has got this bloody, like a fucking frying pan full of hot coals and she sticks it under the fucking, the mattress, obviously, to keep the bed warm. And I'm like, well, that's just going to fucking set the whole place on the fire, isn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? Like you say, I mean, surely there must have been quite a few accidents back then because these things obviously did exist. It's not made up. You know, they, they did have their hot coals and that. But, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And then, obviously, when the Black Pearl starts attacking, it's quite cool that the scenes and everything starts tearing shit up. We get our first glimpse of old Mackenzie Crook. Um, I think he's quite a good character in this. I do like. I don't know what his character's called. I can't remember. But he's quite a funny character. He's kind of almost a comic relief, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is, and his little mate as well. Like he's got like, a short one. It's like like little and large, isn't it? Really, but they are a good little comedy duo. And I can't remember their names. They've got really weird names, like a lot of the characters in this. And I'm not going to pretend I know what they are because I really don't. But yeah, they are pretty good. And like like you just said there, like the action sequences in this, um, these particular ones are like the ships firing on the town and everything's getting blown up. It's really good production value, and it looks pretty badass. Even though obviously there's nothing hardcore going on because it's a PG movie, but it's pretty, you know cool looking it's all shot at night as well so it's quite stylish with like the flash of the cannons and all the explosions going off i thought it looked quite good and the fact it's shot at night kind of added to it didn't it obviously it probably was easier to shoot it in the well to do it in the dark as well i guess because they didn't have to make it look as as good if that makes sense Um, but yeah it works really well and then obviously old elizabeth gets kidnapped and she pleads parlay so she gets taken off and while this is all going on um Jack's still in prison, isn't he? And the, the wall gets shot down. Everyone else manages to get away, but unfortunately his cell, he doesn't. He's still stuck in there after everyone else is buggered off. Yeah, and then he, there's that dog with the keys. I always think it's quite funny. He just sits like just out of arm's reach of the prisoners with the fucking keys in his mouth, like winding them up. But um, then a couple of the pirates come down. The one who looks like Whoopi Goldberg and one who looks like <laughs> he's homeless come down and obviously they start talking to Jack and we find out that he used to be on that crew and then one of them reaches through doesn't he to grab him and in the moonlight you see like his bones and all that sort of shit and again that looks pretty cool and I always thought back in the day like again this is back when Disney were a lot different to what they are now they've gone obviously very woke and mamby pamby for my taste these days but this is almost like a horror element that you weren't really used to seeing in sort of Disney movies and at the end of it I was like shit I didn't you know and someone didn't tell me that was a Disney movie I wouldn't have guessed it with some of the stuff that happens in it yeah, it's quite quite dark in places, and I imagine it's about as far as they could have gone. I'm assuming this is a, it would have been a PG rating when it came out, or was it a 12? I don't even know if 12 existed back then. But, yeah, it's probably about as far as they could have pushed it, I think, in places. Um, yeah, it's quite good, that bit where he puts his arm through, and then it's the skeleton, and old Jack's like, oh, so it is cursed, or it's true or something. And then he's sort of like, what? what's going on? So at this point, you don't really know what's what's happening. And then it cuts, old Elizabeth is on the Black Pearl, and we meet Barbosa for the first time, who I think is a really good character. I fucking love Barbosa, and Jeffrey Rush plays him brilliantly, but there's a bit here, there's two bits here actually that I think are a little bit wonky. Um, but again, it's because you're not supposed to know this yet, I guess that's why. Um, the first one though, she gets on there, and like, you've got like, um, I think he's like the quartermaster or something like that. He's a big fucking black dude he's massive as well and i can't remember his name but she walks up and starts chatting and he backhands her and i'm like fucking hell i'd be dead if he backhanded me but she's just like oh been slapped by him and it's like the size of this bloke if he backhanded me i'd be unconscious i reckon but she seems to be all right yeah i i thought that and also i thought that's a bit shit backhanding a woman but obviously this is 1720 and um those things happened back then unfortunately um, yeah, it's a bit bit dodgy, isn't it? Um, and obviously then, as a synopsis said, she gives her name as Elizabeth Turner to try not to be given away. 
Um, um, and also shown she's got a bit of a wide on for old Will still, I guess, because she used his surname. She could have used anyone's, but she chose his. Yeah, and it's quite clever the way this kind of comes about because they only really pay attention when she says her name's Turner. And at first you don't notice it, but obviously it has quite a big thing later on. And then it's like they're talking about the medallion. He's like, oh, how did you come to get that? It's a family heirloom. And she's like, oh, I recognise the ship. I saw it however many years ago on the crossings from England. And he starts nodding away to himself. And she threatens to throw it overboard. And they're like, oh, no, no, don't do that sort of thing. But I'm thinking, well, you're fucking skeleton pirates. If she dropped it, you just jump down and fucking get it, surely. But obviously, I suppose we're not supposed to know that they can do all that shit at this point. But if she did drop it, it wouldn't be the end of the world for them, would it? No, not really. Yeah, they do make this big deal, don't they? When she's like, oh, if it doesn't mean anything to you, I'll drop it. And they're like, no, like you say, they go a bit crazy about that. While all this is going on, old Will turns up and he, he strikes a deal with Jack. He, he's made the door, coincidentally. Obviously, he's a blacksmith. He's made the prison door so he can open it for Jack. And then well, off they go and they start their little mission. And I do like the bit where they're going to commandeer that ship and they've got the fucking canoe or the, the sort of little boat on their heads and they're going along the beach. Did you see their legs coming out as they're walking along? Yeah, that's a good one. So that's actually leads us on to the next bit. So to save Elizabeth, whom he loves, Will frees Jack, who was the previous captain of the Black Pearl before Barbosa staged a mutiny. To commandeer HMS Interceptor, a small sloop of war, and head to Tortuga. There, Jack enlists his friends, Josemi Gibbs, and helps him assemble a crew. Chasing the pearl to the Isla de Muerta, Will and Jack witness Barbosa cut Elizabeth's hand, stain the coin, and return it to the chest. As she is not Bill Turner's relative, the curse does not lift. Will rescues Elizabeth and brings her to the interceptor, while Jack is captured by Barbosa and locked in the brig of the pearl. The pearl pursues the interceptor, destroying it and taking Jack's crew hostage. Realising um, it is him Barbosa wants, Will makes a deal with Barbosa to re- release Elizabeth in exchange for his blood. Barbosa agrees, but maroons Jack and Elizabeth on an island. Elizabeth makes a smoke signal and Norrington brings a dauntless to rescue Elizabeth and arrest Jack. Elizabeth promises to marry Norrington if he will pursue the Pearl and save Will. So that covers a big chunk of the movie, but yeah, first of all, as JT said, we get... Um, Will freeing Jack, who conveniently, like you say, he made the prison cell, so he knows how to lift the gate off really easily. And then, like you say, they steal that boat. And apparently, as funny as that is, that would be physically impossible to do, to hold an upside-down canoe underwater, because the air pressure underneath it, where they're breathing, would just pull it to the top. You'd have to be like fucking Superman to be able to do that. But, yeah, physics aside, and obviously they're not a big thing in this movie, um, that would be impossible to do. Oh, well, that's a shame. I didn't think of that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll brush over that one, obviously, like you say. We're not, we're not supposed to think about those sort of things. They do steal the ship pretty easily, though, don't they? They sort of jump on it, and the bloke's like, oh, it'll take more than two men to command this ship. He just pulls his pistol out, old Jack, and goes, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. And the next thing, they're like, all right. And they're sort of floating off on it. It's like, that was pretty simple. Yeah, I do like again, it's fucking stupid, but like, um, they get onto the ship and Jack's like, We're taking over this vessel, and Will's like, Aye, I've asked, and everyone just bursts out <laughs> laughing. And even Jack kind of looks at him as like, What the fuck are you on about? Yeah, that bit did make me laugh actually. And then they get to Tortuga, it looks like fucking Doncaster on a Saturday night. That place, fuck me, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Um, and Jack seems to know all the women of the night, shall we say? They all just keep walking up to him and slapping him, and he's like, I didn't deserve that. Next one slaps him. You know, I might have deserved that one. That bit's quite funny. Yeah, and then what's that line he says? He's like, if every town was like this, no man would ever feel unwanted. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously we meet old um, Gibbs again. And um, is it Gibbs? It is, isn't it? Yeah. 
that's his name. I'm trying to think of his name here. And then he tells him, obviously, he's going after the Black Pearl in Barbosa, and he's going to use Wheeler's leverage to sort of get the deal going. And at first, he's like, oh, you're never going to fucking do it. But one of these things where he sort of comes around fairly quickly, doesn't he? He does. He says, oh, you know, it's all a matter of leverage. And he sort of point, nods to Will and goes, that's the son of Bootstrap Bill Turner. And then Gibbs changes his mind. There's a line here. I mean, Gibbs is full of fucking random shit. He's like Uncle Albert in this series. And he's like the Uncle Albert of Pirates of the Caribbean, all his nautical nonsense and stuff. But they find him in a pigsty and they throw water on him. And he's like, oh, Jack, you know better than to wake a man when he's sleeping. It's bad luck. And it's like, well, when else are you going to wake someone? You're not going to wake him when he's awake, are you, you fucking idiot? <laughs> It's quite funny. And then uh, fucking Will chucks some more water over him and he's like, that's for the smell, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, it's good. And then we meet the kind of ragtag crew and you've got the fucking Mr. Cotton and his parrot. And it's brilliant because he's like, Mr. Cotton, do you have the courage to follow me into like certain death and all that stuff? And it's like, oh, he's a mute. He can't speak, but the parrot speaks for him. And then Chuck's just like, Mr. Cotton's parrot. Same question. (laughs) Yeah, we get a good scene as well with old Barbosa on the Black Pearl where he sort of turns into the, the skeleton and he's drinking that bottle of wine and he sort of see it go down and through him. And I thought that looked really good. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. And then we see like the whole, this is when he kind of like, because he's feeding her, isn't he? Because he sees like um fucking Mackenzie Crook and his little mate come in and they're like, the captain wants you to dine with him and he requests that you wear this. Um, and She's like, well, I don't want to do that. And he's like, well, we said you'd say that. So if not, you'll be dining with the crew and you'll be naked. So she takes the yeah. dress and just the disappointment on their faces is brilliant. He's like, oh, fine. And so as if she's going to fucking say yes to that. Yeah, he's good. I did like their faces. It made me laugh a little bit. But <laughs> like when we cut to old Jack now, he's got his ragtag crew, as you say there, and they're on the boat. And one of them seems to know him. She doesn't like him at all. And old Gibbs says, it's bad luck to bring a woman on board. And he's like, well, it'd be worse if we left her here. But they've obviously got a past. Um but there's fucking seas they're, they're sailing for. I mean, I know the seas that are rough, but it's so over the top, isn't it? Like, fucking hell, that boat would have been torn apart, I'm sure. Yeah, they're fucking proper going for it. The fucking sails would have ripped and all kinds of shit going on. Um, just back then when we meet the crew, the woman, I'm fucking kicking myself. I can't remember her name, but she's um she plays Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy, and she's in, like, um bloody uh, the Avatar one. She's, like, the main blue thing in that and everything she's had a really good career but she's been in all these big fucking franchises um but yeah she kind of starts off here she doesn't play a particular big role she just owes jack a ship um or jack owes her should we say so obviously she says she'll go with him and he said he'll give her the interceptor or will does or anything but yeah i'd forgotten she was in this i was like fucking hell she's gone on to be like in some massive franchises and started off in this one which itself is quite a big franchise well fair play yeah she's done all right for herself didn't she she must be uh not sure of a bob or two, shall we say? But we also find out here that um, Jack was the captain of the Black Pearl. Well, Gibbsy tells um, Will a story, doesn't he, about some shit that went down in the past, and we sort of get a bit of a backstory about Jack. Yeah, because he's got the thing, hasn't he? Because back in when he's fighting Will, he pulls his pistol out and he's like, This shot's not meant for you. And it turns out he's just got a pistol with one bullet and he's saving it for Barbosa specifically, isn't he? So he doesn't. Yeah. want to fire his gun as such which is good but we get a great fucking again there's so many great lines in this one but it's like um he was marooned there for like three days and three nights and all this sort of stuff <laughs> like he roped himself a couple of sea turtles <laughs> and made a raft and then he's like well what did he use for rope and jack's just fucking stood there and he's like human hair from my back because <laughs> <laughs> so, gibbs sort of looks as if say shit 
And then Jack just pipes up with that. Yeah, it's brilliant. That bit did make me laugh. And then when old Barbosa takes like all his crew and Elizabeth to the treasure, fuck me, there's a lot of treasure there, isn't there? Jesus Christ. They didn't sort of go uh, sort of uh, subtle with that, did they? No, they didn't. I suppose all the time being like fucking immortal, they could afford to collect a few bits and pieces. Which brings me to another bit, actually. Back, Obviously, back when you said, yeah, they got that bit where Barbosa drinks the wine and you see it all like dripping through his rib cage and stuff, which does look brilliant. But they feed Elizabeth like all this really nice food. It's like, if they're fucking ghostly pirates, why have they got fresh provisions on their ship? They can't eat any of it. Yeah, they just happen to have like loads of like apples and shit around for her to eat something. I did think of that. I mean, Barbosa's got a thing about apples, hasn't he? He fucking loves apples. He's always going on about them. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've got like this massive banquet and everything, haven't they, on the table that she tucks into it first. She's like really sort of dainty with it. And then he's like, oh, you must be starving. Get stuck in. And she's like, oh, starts eating like fucking Homer Simpson. But yeah, they've got, they've got a hell of a lot of food, haven't they, for like people who probably don't even need to fucking eat. Yeah, exactly. So obviously the... um. They do their bits and pieces, and obviously Elizabeth doesn't have the actual, the right blood and all that sort of stuff. So Will rescues her, and they end up like fucking um, catching Jack. You can't remember the word for parley, so he's like saying, oh, parsnip, uh, and all this sort of shit coming out with stuff until he gets the right fucking word. Um, and then we have a pretty cool kind of a sea chase, I guess, for lack of better terms. Obviously, the Pearl chasing the Interceptor, and I do like these sort of like boarding action type things we get on the high seas. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, isn't it? Although one thing I did notice is that suddenly Elizabeth seems to be like an expert, a nautical expert. She's like, oh, we can outrun them if we go down there in the shoals and then drop the anchor starboard side and we can spin around and surprise them. I'm like, how did you know all this? You've never been on the sea before, have you? Yeah, exactly. And like you say, it's not being sexist. It's back in the day, like women weren't generally in those roles unless they were like pirates or something or other. But yeah, suddenly she goes from being like some sheltered governor's daughter and now she's like a fucking expert on like naval warfare. She seems to be, yeah. And then we get, obviously, it doesn't go well for the Interceptor crew and everything, so they get blown up and Jack gets put on that fucking island, which I think is brilliant because he's like, oh, that's the same bit of island we put you on there before. And Elizabeth's, like, fucking talking to him, like, saying, oh, I've heard all the legends about you. You sacked Nassau Port about firing a shot and all this stuff. And he's doing these really weird, elaborate, like, footsteps and shit, like, more elaborate for him. And then he just finds this fucking cache of rum, doesn't he? And it's like, fucking hell, what a guy. You know, he comes to an island yeah. and he knows exactly the first thing he's after is a fucking stash of rum. I did think it was quite coincidental that they get dropped exactly and he found it straight away. But yeah, I mean, he's stranded now on a desert island with a load of rum and Kira Knightley. It's not the worst situation, is it? Well, yeah, I suppose he's doing all right for himself, all things considered, isn't he? <laughs> like, there's a great line here when he's like, she's like, so that's it. That's the infamous story of Jack Sparrow. You spent three days sitting on a beach drinking rum. Welcome to the Caribbean, love. And he just fucks off and builds a bonfire. <laughs> and then she does sort of get pissed with him and then they have a bit of a dance around and everything. And then he fucking wakes up, although he seems to get over his hangover fairly quickly. And she's burnt all the rum and everything. I'm like, oh, maybe his times aren't so good for him now. Yeah, I do like that bit. He's like, you burn all the food, the shade, the rum. And she's like, yes, I built a fire. Everyone's look at, looking for me. They'll see the smoke and they'll come and get me. And why is the rum gone? Such a, such a fucking great response. Yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off as well, though, to be fair. It'd be the only thing to keep you going, really, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And then old fucking the Whig Brigade turn up, old Norrington and fucking, what's his name, um, Governor Swan and everything. It just happens to be their ship as well, like all the other Navy ships that are going around, but it has to be theirs, obviously, for this movie. And they arrest Jack, and then they're like, oh, like I said there in the synopsis, she's like, oh, I'd do it for me as a wedding present. We need to go and save Will and all this sort of stuff. So off they go to try and save the day. 
Yeah, because at first he's like, oh, you know, we need to go and get Will. And he's like, nah, he'll be dead by now. They're pretty much like, oh, fuck him, he's nothing. And then he completely blags old Norrington with the old wedding present thing, which is, you know, fair enough. Good blag, I suppose. Yeah, and Jack, once again, good man, always thinking of the drink and everything. He's like in handcuffs and everything next to old fucking Dumb and Dumber. And he's like, oh, weddings. I love weddings. Drinks all around. Sort of thing. Yeah. They all just sort of stare at him. He's like, oh, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to love Jack. So that night, the Dauntless arrives at Ile de Moita. Jack tells Norrington he will lure the pirates out to be ambushed by the crew of the Dauntless, but instead persuades Barbosa's crew to attack the Dauntless before they lift the curse and lose their immortality. Elizabeth escapes the Dauntless and frees Jack's crew from the Brig of the Pearl. They refuse to rescue Jack and Will, so Elizabeth sets out on her own. Jack again switches sides, freeing Will and dueling Barbosa. While Elizabeth and Will fight off Barbosa's crewmen, when Barbosa stabs Jack, it is revealed that Jack took a piece of gold from the chest and is likewise cursed and unable to die. Jack shoots Barbosa, and Will returns both coins to the chest with his and Jack's blood on them. The curse is lifted, Barbosa dies from Jack's gunshot, and the rest of Barbosa's crew, no longer immortal, are arrested. So we do get the old, obviously the average, uh, well not the average, but the, the big sort of like fight at the end, but it's kind of good. Um, Jack's crew just kind of fuck off, don't they? Because you're expecting like this big battle between the two factions, and then it's like, well, Jack owes us a ship, and he fell behind, so we're fucking off, and just leave Elizabeth to it. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that if anyone heard that, but there's a massive thunderstorm just started, so I've had to go and shut my window. Mm. So I had to kind of sneak over there and shut it. So uh, I sort of lost my uh, train of thought as well <laughs> while you were doing that because it's just suddenly started kicking off here. Um, yeah, uh, I don't even know where I am, Bread Rob, so you might as well carry on for a quick <laughs> second with your thoughts while I just gather mine. Yeah, no, I mean, I quite like the way this all ends, because you've got Jack playing his sort of fiddle, and he's like, he's changing sides constantly, isn't he? Because he's like, oh, you guys row over here, this will happen. Then he goes in and sort of speaks to Barbosa, he's like, oh, but Norrington's men are outside. If you go and do this, you can do this. And he's like, just setting up all these fucking plots, and he changes side about sort of three or four times, and it's quite good the way he kind of does it, and it becomes a bit of a staple mark of his character that he's just kind of very piratey in the way that he doesn't really care who he's working with as long as he's getting what he wants yeah exactly he's out for himself which is the whole pirate thing i guess and it's quite funny as well i mean obviously we said at the start there about the uh the cgi and the whole skeletons there when they're taking the ship and everything it does look quite cool when they march under the water and i did remember that scene and the way they all sort of sneak up onto the boat and everything i thought that was quite good and hold um What's his name? Elizabeth Stad's having a bit of a bad time with one, isn't he? He's like, and he only puts the fucking arm in the drawer, doesn't he? He's got this chest of drawers and he chops the arm off and just shoves it in the drawer. Yeah. The brilliant thing about this of old fucking Governor Swan is he's like hidden in like the kind of like the captain's cabin type thing while um Barbosa's crew are storming the ship. And he's hiding in there like really cowardly until someone reaches like smashes through the window and tries to grab his wig. Then he like proper kicks off, doesn't he? Like grabs his wig, like, ah, oh, give that back. And he starts like battering the guy. Like you say, knocks his fucking arm off and sticks it in the drawer and everything. But it's like, he was all like, a, you know, a little pussy until someone tried to take his fucking hair off him. Oh, he loves that wig, doesn't he? Well, I expect they were quite expensive back in the day, though, weren't they? I mean, everyone was proud of that sort of thing. I mean, it sort of was, I mean, I'm not into the sort of that period and what happened, but it was kind of like a sort of, sign of your nobility and stuff wasn't it sort of how big your wig was it sort of was a status symbol wasn't it if i remember if i met well, no rightly yeah especially obviously because aged men back then obviously healthcare and all that stuff and high 
particularly good. Obviously, he's got no hair underneath. So like you say, it was a sign of status that he could afford a nice big fluffy wig and dress up like a fucking French fancy every day. Um, it's a sign, like I say, of his proud nobility more than anything else. Another thing as well is being slightly portly back then was a sign of wealth and prosperity because you could afford food. So if I went back in time, I'd be seen as like a fucking king, I'd imagine. <laughs> yes, I mean, life expectancy wasn't great back then, so I'd probably be dead, you know. If I'm like, I don't think people live to the ripe old age that I am right now. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done very well at all back then. Plus, I'm diabetic, and I'm pretty sure, like, the NHS obviously wasn't around. It's only been around 75 years, God bless. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'd have lasted very long at all back then. Um, I do That's... like that bit as well, where old Jack stabs Barbosa, and then obviously he returns the favour, and it just goes straight through Jack, and then Jack's a skeleton as well. I thought that was quite cool, and I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah, it is good. And again, the effects, like you say, 20 years ago were really good. And that scene where, just before they attacked the Dauntless, the skeletons are walking under the water. I remember seeing how they actually did that. Um, they actually had them, obviously, with the suits on, with all the dots, so they could add the CGI later. But they did it in a room, and they just filled the room with smoke, and um, shone like sort of fog lights through it so it looks like the moon shining through water because obviously water's quite misty underneath especially at night so that's how they got that effect they were just in a room filled with smoke that gave the impression that they're underwater before that was pretty cool yeah and no it works it looks really good i thought one thing i did think of and i guess i don't know but obviously they're, they're fighting barbosa's men there's a few sword fights and that going on but they're all dead anyway so is it a bit pointless having a sword fight with someone who's already dead what are you actually going to do i know you need to fight back because they're attacking you with a sword but I suppose, what, if you chopped their head off, I suppose, would they die, die, if that makes sense? Or would they come back to life? Because they're, they're not alive anyway. I don't, don't know. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's definitely fighting a losing battle. Because at one point, yeah. I swear, when Elizabeth frees the crew of the Pearl from the brig, they swing like a cannon or something at two of them, and they kind of break into like loads of bones and fall overboard. So I assume they would have actually been defeated, unless they can sort of T-1000 themselves back together underwater or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, like you say, there's... No way you can really beat them because even Barbosa says that, doesn't he? He's like, Oh, you can't beat me, Jack. And he throws his sword down um, and sort of starts prancing around. One thing I did think, though, with the curse, like they've been cursed for, they say, about 20 years or so. So they've had time to kind of rot and decay, which is why they're probably skeletons. But Jack takes the coin and automatically he turns into a skeleton. But he's only just taken the coin. So surely he wouldn't have actually died and rotted at that point and shouldn't be a skeleton, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he would just probably look normal, but not be dead, if that makes sense. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, didn't didn't really think of that. But yeah, I mean, the fights and everything, they're, they're not particularly drawn out, are they? They're quite good. Um, I mean, Jack and Barbosa are having their little thing, and Will and uh, Elizabeth are twatting a few of them here and there, but they're not sort of drawn out. It's fairly quick and sort of fast-paced. Yeah, it is good snappy action. I do like the way... Jack does manage to kill him. He like shoots him, doesn't he? And he's like, Oh, you've carried that pistol all this time and now you waste your shot. And then Will's like, Well, we didn't waste it and drops the coins in. So the bullet's obviously gone inside by Bosa. And again, for a Disney movie, I know we've had things like Indiana Jones and that in the past. It's not Disney, but it was still a PG movie. But Barbosa like opens his kind of jacket and all his blood just starts pissing out of his chest. And I was like, Well, yeah, that's pretty full on, I suppose, for what is a Disney PG movie. Yeah, again, it's probably about as far as they could have got. Because it's kind of shot in a way that you're almost supposed to think Elizabeth's been shot, aren't you? Because you see her and you hear the gunshot and then sort of you see Barbosa and you're like, oh, okay. And then obviously he sort of says to Jack, ah, sorry, mate. And then Jack's like, nah, you're dead, <laughs> kind of thing. 
Yeah, I did, did think that was quite good, and probably the only way they could have killed him off. And it, I like the way they're all rowing off the island now, and Jack's got that fucking crown on his head. <laughs> sat there on the rowing boat. That made me laugh. Yeah, because he comes out, like you say, dressed like Mr. T. He's got loads of fucking treasure around his neck and that fucking crown <laughs> on his head. And they go out, and um, Elizabeth's like, oh, sorry, Jack, but they had to stick to the pirate code. And he's like, oh, well, can't really blame him for it. So then he gets arrested, which leads us to um, the kind of last bit. So at Port Royal... Jack is to be hanged for piracy. Elizabeth diverts Norrington's attention while Will attempts a rescue. Jack and Will are surrounded. Elizabeth intercedes and declares her love for Will. Governor Swan pardons Will and gives his blessing for Elizabeth to marry him. Jack dives into the sea and escapes aboard the nearby Pearl, reclaiming the ship and his new crew. Norrington permits Jack and the Pearl one day's head start before initiating pursuit. Doesn't quite happen the way it's described there, but we do get, um, obviously, Jack at the, the gallows and everything crimes which seems to be going on forever and in the background you can hear some of them and it's like oh you impersonated a cleric of the church of london he starts giggling to himself and it's just all that background stuff that really makes his movie i did like that like you say it's all going on in the background because on phrase i've actually got that here his list of charges is pretty long but some of them are quite funny as you hear him being rattled off in the background and then obviously will sort of walks up to um elizabeth tells her he loves her and then fucking runs off and obviously he's gone off to save jack but at that point you're like what the fuck he's just like i love you and off he goes i'm like where are you going yeah and why the fuck's he dressed like a musketeer out of nowhere as well he's just got this really weird fucking like he looks like he's like gonna fight for the spanish i mean i know orlando bloom's an englishman but he does actually have that kind of I don't know, sort of olive tanned skin. He could pass for a Spaniard, I suppose, but he's just suddenly got this like fucking weird flappy cape on and this big hat with a dopey feather sticking out of it. I'm like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? He does look a bit weird, doesn't he? And obviously he's got the little sort of goatee and the moustache and everything. So yeah, he does kind of look a little bit like that. But then Elizabeth faints again and Will chucks out a bloody sword. And that's a bit, like Jack's balancing on this fucking sword. It's a bit over the top, that bit. Yeah, and they're sort of fighting around him, aren't they? He's fighting this big fucking like hangman dude and everything. And Jack's like you say, just sort of tiptoeing on this bloody sword. And then they sort of try to make their escape, but get surrounded. And then Elizabeth just kind of jumps into the middle of it, and it all just sort of gets deflated pretty quickly, doesn't it? Like Governor Swan just, oh, drop your weapons. We can't do all this. I'm just going to let the pirate go. And then Jack kind of like just fakes his sort of falling off, doesn't he? He's like saying goodbye to everyone, and he sort of says to Elizabeth, "I would never." between us darling i'm sorry and i thought that's quite funny and then he just pretends to fall over the fucking the step that elizabeth fell off at the start of the movie yeah i did like that but he does this sort of big speech doesn't he just sort of like say falls off or pretends to fall off and then older norrington chills out pretty much doesn't he? i mean it says obviously he's going to give the the black pearl a head start and everything but he's like oh well yeah let him let the pirate go or whatever and it's like okay you've changed your tune pretty quickly yeah it's just that typical like I don't know, like Disney or family movie, happy ending type thing. And although this, again, this movie was never kind of set to be a series and it wasn't even supposed to be a successful movie in the first place, I like the fact that they kind of left it open enough that they could have done more, which is obviously what they were aiming for. And we went on to another four sequels, but it wraps itself up pretty cleanly, I think. And then they say Jack gets on his ship, they give him his hat and his cape, and then he's like, oh, drink up me hearty, yo-ho, and then snaps his compass shut and away we go, the end of the movie. Yeah, just before that, obviously, Elizabeth and Will finally get their kiss and everyone's happy sort yeah. of their end as well. So, yeah, it's all happy endings. Everyone's got what they wanted, really, haven't they? He's got his boat. Will's got Elizabeth. Elizabeth's got Will. Everyone's happy. Yeah, and I don't know if you knew about this or if you stayed on for it, but there is an after credit scene um, where back in the cave with Barbosa's body, um, his monkey picks up one of the coins and is an undead monkey now and runs off. 
I didn't, but I didn't see it this time around, but I think I have seen it before, so it does sound familiar. But no, I am... Um, because this film is quite long um, and I wanted to cook tea before we recorded this. So I pretty much, as soon as, as, soon as the title started, I was like, right, exit. Let's go and put some tea on. <laughs> yeah, it's not the most uh, groundbreaking uh, moment in cinema history, but um, yeah, it's just there uh, for anyone who was interested. Um, so yeah, that concludes our review of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's time to give this one some scores. And who do you want to go first, JT? Technically you should, but it was my choice. So I'm happy to go. It's up to you. Yeah, go on, Bradwell. You chose this one. So you go first again. Okie dokie, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, uh, I really like this movie. I've always liked this movie. Um, it's just one of those good, solid adventure movies. I mean, it's pirates. I mean, what's not to like about pirates? They're great fun, whether they're romanticised or historically accurate. There's something about them that's just kind of cool, you know, that ultimate bid for freedom, all the yaha stuff and all that. Whether you like it or not, pirates are just really cool. Um, it's a very stylish movie, definitely, as we said before, it really really romanticizes it like these evil pirates that go around doing all this like dark shit but for some reason you love them because our barbosa is just really charming and um his crew are quite memorable as well i think the whole cast is pretty good in general i mean jack sparrow is just fucking brilliant and you couldn't imagine anyone else stepping in to play a character like this i mean i know there's all the controversy going on at the moment it's not really controversy it's just disney being bellends but if they tried to reboot this series, they were going to do it with Margot Robbie and then that got cancelled. But you cannot run this series anymore. There will not be another Jack Sparrow. It's just Johnny Depp all the way. He makes that character. And I think, although he's technically not the main star of the movie, it's Will and Elizabeth's tale. It works with him because he's just so brilliant on screen and he just brings it to life. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is awesome. Um, Orlando Bloom, I'm not. he's not the best actor, I don't think, but he's good at support characters. And I think he does well enough as Will Turner in this, and Kira Knightley does her thing. So, yeah, they're both pretty good in it. The action's slick. I think the production value is pretty decent. For a movie that's now 20, it still holds up really well. It's got one of the best music. That iconic fucking theme tune now is just brilliant. It's absolutely awesome. I really like that tune. Um, pacing of the movie is really good. Yeah, it's just a really good adventure movie. Um, and I've, like I say, I've always enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it every time I watch it. And... I think I'm going to have to go all the way with this one. For this one, probably more than the sequels, but I just have to give this one five others just because of how brilliant it is. I mean, if rum comes out of the others, I'll be even happier. But yeah, <laughs> five big juicy udders from me, JT, for Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, good stuff, Red Roll. Very bold, five udders, wow. Um, so I, last couple of weeks, um, I've echoed your thoughts. Um, I'm not going to this week, um, but let me just say I'm not, the biggest fan of this franchise, I have to say. Um, I did go to the cinema to see this, um, and possibly one of the both the sequels as well. So it's not like I, I hate them. I don't. Um, they're just not in my normal wheelhouse. I just think, I don't know. Um, but having said that, I did quite enjoy watching this again earlier. I certainly didn't dislike it. Um, I mean, as you said there, I will echo that. Johnny Depp is just Jack Sparrow, isn't he? No one else could play that character. They were made for each other. Um I think Keira Knightley probably is a little bit wasted as Elizabeth in this. I mean, she, she's a great actress, actor, if you want to say now. You can't say actress anymore, are you? Um, and Orlando Bloom, I think, is quite good. Like you say, as a supporting character, I think he does his thing. Um, and the supporting cast, particularly uh, Jeffrey Rush. And Kevin McNally is old Gibbs. He's good as well. I do like them both. And uh, the whole cast are good. Old uh, Mackenzie Crook and all his boys, they all do their thing. Um, it does run a bit long for me. What is this? Two and a half hours nearly. And you know what I'm like. Anything that starts 
well, gets over two hours, I do start getting a bit twitchy. So it's quite long, but it does run at a brisk pace. It does move along pretty quickly. And I must say, for a long film, it didn't really bore me as much as they normally do. So, yeah, I did quite enjoy watching this again. Um, it hasn't really inspired me to go back and watch any of the sequels or even watch the one or two I haven't seen, I have to say, though. Um, but overall, yeah, it is a good film, don't get me wrong. And obviously, it's done very well for itself and made a shitload of money. So... It's going to get a three from me, straight down the middle, three others. It's not bad. It's not terrible by any means, but it's certainly not my favourite movie franchise and not one I would rush to watch again. But I do enjoy them. So, yeah, three others for me, Brad Roll, straight down the middle. Oh, fair play. Yeah, nice uh, rating there, JT. Yeah, I definitely get it. I, I was wondering when I suggested we do this, one for the anniversary, just because obviously we like to do anniversary ones as and when we remember them. But yeah, I really couldn't remember if you liked these movies or what your thoughts on it were. So yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, glad you didn't hate it, definitely. <laughs> I certainly didn't. I mean, hate, no, I could never hate these films. They have got a certain charm. It's just... They're not something I would normally watch, but having said that, I went to the cinema to possibly watch three of them, so I must have liked them back in the day. Well, there you go. So maybe it was there is our... I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's worse crimes to be guilty of, isn't there? Really, so yeah, can't blame you there. <laughs> exactly. So there is our there's our thoughts on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. But of course, let us know what you think of this movie. Are you a fan of it? Um, or you've not a fan, you know, do you think the franchise did well? Do you think we gave this one appropriate scores? Get in touch at the usual place, the Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. And of course, join us next week as we're on a roll, and we might actually be here next week, three in a row, it'll be something spectacular. Ooh, as a, trick. Yeah, there we go. JT, what have you selected for us? Well, Red Roll, um, we are going back to 1977 next week, and Ooh. you mentioned him at the start. It's a film by someone we've not looked at so far. It's uh, Mr. Sylvester Stallone, and it is Ooh. Rocky I have chosen. Rocky? Wow, I have mm. not seen Rocky in a fucking long time. Um, Same. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How time we did something with Stallone? Oh. Yeah, I thought Rocky's on Prime. Um, it is one of his sort of iconic films, isn't it? And I haven't seen it probably since I was at school, so it could go either way, this one. But I thought we, it's about time we looked at some Stallone stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a legend in his own right as well. And speaking of Stallone, for anyone out there, I don't even know it's available widely in the UK yet, but um, and for yourself, JT, if anyone can get hold of it, check out a show called Pulsar King. He did it recently. I've only seen the first episode. The first one's free on YouTube, but it was bloody brilliant from what I saw of it, and I really want to down the full show. So, yeah, for anyone out there who has um, been thinking about it or not heard of it, definitely try and source it because um, he's made the transition to TV much better than Arnie has. Yeah, I've heard good things about this. The um, Projector Room boys were talking about this a while ago. Um, I can't remember what it's on over here. Is it Paramount Plus or something? Some random channel? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they were, they were raving about it all. There's three of them. I don't know if all of them have watched it. Certainly the, the ones who had watched it were, were really raving about it. So yeah, it did uh, sort of spike my interest as well. So I might have to try and track that down. Absolutely. So there you go. We are with uh, Sylvester Stallone for Rocky next week. And... As always, thank you very much for joining us. This is Bread Rolls signing off. And for me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Me, I'm dishonest. And a dishonest man, you can always trust to be dishonest. Honesty, honestly, it's the honest ones you want to watch out for because you never predict when they're going to do something incredibly stupid. <laughs>